0: Hi, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Stuff I Don't Know. I am your guide and host, Joshua Blewett, and welcome to the podcast. And hey, welcome to the very first episode of this podcast. Uh, So, before we dive in, I just want to just give a brief introduction to myself and also why did I, why have I actually decided to sit down and create this podcast? So, um, yes, as you heard, my name is Joshua Blewett, and in my day job, I am an application analyst based over in the United Kingdom, and in terms of why have I decided to do this podcast, it's uh, a mixture of two things. One is I've been listening to podcasts ever since I was a teenager. I've always been fascinated and interested by them, and I've always said that one day I'm going to do a podcast myself, so that's one reason. And another thing is that it kind of ties into my job of, an, as an analyst of being able to find out answers to questions and asking the question of why. So I realize there's a lot of stuff in the universe that I don't know. There's probably a lot of stuff that I've thought about, but I've never actually found the answers out to them. So that's kind of the reason why I've created this podcast called Stuff I Don't Know, where each episode I'm going to find a topic and I'll have plenty of research done for it beforehand. I'm just going to share what I found out of topics that I think are interesting. So we'll jump into the topic today. But first, I also want to share some uh, other articles or at least like a something that I've learned this week that I think I found interesting and maybe you might find interesting too. So uh, the thing I've learned this week is something about Google, Ge- Google Gemini. And uh, if you don't know what this is, this was previously known as BARD. It's just been given a bit of a rebrand to Gemini. And what Google Gemini is, is that it's a generative AI model. So it's very similar to uh, ChatGPT. I've tried it a little and I think it's quite good. Uh, It's pretty good in fact, Um, it's quite handy of how it can hook into the services that Google operate, such as Google hotels, flights and YouTube. So if you're looking for something in particular like I don't know. I'm looking for a hotel in Nashville between these two dates and I'm looking for a minimum a minimum of four stars. Um, can you go ahead and find something for me? And from my experience, it uh, it's pretty good at that. It does, it does it quite well. And I've also given it some like coding examples and problems saying, hey, I'm trying to do this. Can you give me a helping hand? Can you walk through the code? Can you explain it to me? Uh, that sort of thing. And yeah, It's been uh, pretty good. It's handled it quite well, I have to say. So uh, give it a spin. It's called Google Gemini. It's free to use. I'm curious to see where they go with this, um, considering as well they've just announced version 1.5 of the model as well. So I'm quite curious to see how this all turns out. I mean, I think AI is going to be a a a really big game changer for a lot of things. So that's something else I don't really know much about. I'll have to come back to that at a later date. So let's talk about the actual topic itself, which is um, how are vinyl records made? But before that though, I just want to talk about um, just why did I pick this topic? What caught my attention? um, First is that I like collecting vinyl. I've always wondered how vinyl was made and I'm probably not alone in buying vinyl. In fact, uh, I was doing a lot of research about this And I found that in the USA, uh, sales of vinyl outperformed CDs for the first time since 1987. Over 41 million vinyl records were sold in 2022, which is worth of $1.2 billion. Uh, In fact, physical copies of music have continued to perform better than digital downloads, according to a report by the Recording Industry Association of America. And physical music revenues were up, which were propelled by vinyl. Um, in fact, when I was talking about this uh, with my wife, uh, we started to think about buying a record player ourselves with like a bookcase of some kind of where we could just store our vinyl and listen to them. So we could probably put that in the lounge or something. And um, uh, also, um, speaking of sales, uh, meanwhile, here in the UK, um, vinyl sales hit their highest level since 1990. Sales rose by 11.7% according to the British Phonographic Industry uh, trade group last year. And for those wondering, um, it should be of no surprise that Taylor Swift's 1989 album was the best selling in the UK. This was followed by the Rolling Stones' uh, Hackney Diamonds album. Uh, The trade industry have also said that the popularity of independent record stores and the rebirth of the HMV chain have also helped. Uh, For those who are unaware, maybe those in the United States, um, the HMV chain is essentially a chain of stores which were dedicated to selling uh, music, m- movies, merchandise, and uh, everything else in between like collectibles. Um, it's really good to see them, um, come back again. Uh, they've, they went bust, they got brought back and it's good to see them actually having opened up their uh, flagship store again on London's Oxford street. I need to go visit that actually. That's something I need to do. Um, also the BPI have said that of all things, cassette sales were also picking up again. So maybe we should just go on eBay and just buy secondhand uh, Walkmans again and just uh, g- give that a go. Um, I think cassette. I think using cassettes is uh, quite nice actually. Just having quite something quite small and compact and it's quite personal to you. So yeah, I think it's quite interesting that cassette sales have been picking up again. Um, for those wondering as well, uh, CD sales um, reached at most 11 million units uh, in 2023. So I love vinyl. I think they, I think they make great collectibles and it's great to have a high quality physical packaging for an album that you can hold in your hands with, with a great sound quality as well. Um, I, I think I'm not alone in saying that. So that's kind of the reasons why I picked this topic. And also don't forget, uh, record store day is coming up in April. So if there's an album you want to get, maybe go and buy one from a record store and show some support. So that's why I chose uh, this topic of how are vinyl records made. All right, let's jump into how the vinyl records are made then. So we first start with something called lacquer. And we're going to be talking about a lacquer coat first. So we have an aluminium plate, and that's covered in in a layer of, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, called a nitrocellulose lacquer. And most records that you may have heard have been done on lacquer. Uh, I saw an interesting video uh, by Wired who did a quick tour around Third Man Records, and they're based over in Detroit. Um, they use a kind of lacquer that's called MDC, and there's apparently only one company in the world that makes this, and they're based in Japan. Um, so, in case you don't know what lacquer is, uh, it can be de- it can be described as the same as nail polish, but it's not fully hardened yet. So. That's kind of an introduction to what lacquer is. So imagine at this point we now have our aluminium plate and it's just been uh, covered in this layer of lacquer. So at this point uh, the lacquer is then cut and this is by a cut by a machine called a lathe and the lathe will have a stylus which can be made of of like a, a material such as sapphire. Um, so at this point important to understand where a turntable can convert the grooves in a record into sound, the lathe uh, does the opposite. So the lathe will take the sound waves in the music uh, into vibration that the lathe stylus cuts into grooves on the disc itself. So the grooves create a sound as the stylus uh, moves back and forth, up and down, and this creates vibrations. So that's kind of an uh, interesting fact that I didn't know about lathes and how, how it just basically transcribes music onto it. So uh, as you can probably imagine though, there's, there, there's, there are steps that can go wrong in this process. Um, for example, if the lathe is too hot while it's cutting, it'll just burn the lacquer and this falls on the lacquer and it makes a noise. Uh, if the lathe is too cold, it won't be able to cut through the lacquer. So you'll just hear a noise of the lathe just trying to push through. So to get around this, uh, what they do is the, the lathe uh, is constantly heated and cooled using helium gas to prevent it from overheating. And so I can probably imagine that's quite an intense intense job to do just to make sure that what you're doing is, is not uh, breaking this um, uh, aluminium plate covered in lacquer. So this lacquer itself though, is quite delicate and it can be affected by heat, humidity, temperature, etc. And Third Man Records, uh, they use nitrogen to clean it. And I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, so please correct me if I'm wrong. And they also use methyl ethyl ketone to keep the stylus clean. Uh, after this uh, whole process, you now have a lacquer master disc. So at this point, we now move on to the next step, which is um, something called making of a stamper. So a stamper is a disc that is used to stamp the exact grooves into vinyl records that you end up buying. So first, the the disc that we created previously is uh, carefully washed to remove any dust. And then this goes through a process called electroplating. So Imagine that first we have the lacquer disc. Uh, this is covered in silver nitrate and is dipped into a nickel bath. And the electroplated master is then pulled apart, which is creating two discs that are mirror images of each other. So imagine on the left we have the original lacquer master with grooves, while on the right we now have an opposite that has ridges. So the master at this point will be checked to ensure it has no errors. And the disc with ridges goes through the electroplating process again and split apart. Uh, This creates another groove disc and the stamper also creates the center hole. At this point, we can now make vinyl copies and this is where the stamper comes into play. So the vinyl starts out as something called polyvinyl chloride uh, pellets or better known as PVC. So this is then fed into a hopper, um, which is heated to a high temperature and formed into a shape like a hockey puck and uh, often referred to as biscuits. So um, if you think it's just the shape of a hockey puck or maybe a biscuit, if, you've, if you're in the US and you kind of know what biscuits are, that's kind of what the same shape of them are like. Um, at Third Man Records, they use a machine called an extruder, which uh, produces a vinyl grade PVC, which is then placed into a press. Um, So these biscuits are then placed uh, on a hydraulic press with stampers and the labels. Uh, The press comes down with a force at an extremely high temperature. Uh, Something else I've learned is that um, you might have seen sometimes uh, in stores where they'll sell an album and it'll say, oh, this is an exclusive color. It might be see-through or something like that. So third man records, um, they can press uh, into different colors and customs. And the way that they do this is that the different PVC colors melt at different temperatures. So machines are set to specific temperatures depending on the color. So for example, orange and clear colors, uh, they need to run at cooler temperatures as they are much softer. So at this point, we imagine you've got your PVC, which has been stamped, it's been flattened, it's been put into a presser and uh, any excess PVC is now shaved off. And the vinyl is cooled uh, using cold water, and then it comes into the next stage of quality control. Uh, at this point, uh, things that can be found can be swishy noises. Swishy noises, for example. Uh, this could be an issue with the material or the stamper that was used. So it's quite an intense process. Um, imagine that you get to this point where you just check it and you find something wrong with the recording or something, and then you know you may have to go all the way back to the start. Of maybe something something wrong with the stamper or anything else like that. So there's a lot that goes wrong here, and it's a very delicate and um, tricky process. So I definitely learned a lot and appreciate more of the work that goes into developing vinyl records as well as, as a result of this. So after quality control at this point, um, then it's okay. Then the records are ready for sale. And that, that is that is it. That is how vinyl records are made. Um, what I'll do as well in the show description is that I'll include all the links of the references and uh, the research that I've done. Uh, So I refer to Discovery UK, Yamaha, and also Wired for a little bit of information. Uh, I've also got some links as well to the BBC for some sales information as well on uh, the sales of vinyl. So uh, feel free to give that a look and uh, definitely um, check them out. Let me know what you think. All right. And I think that is the end of the first episode of Stuff I Don't Know. I had a great time uh, finding out about how vinyl is made. It's a Definitely been an interesting topic. Um, I hope you've definitely enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something today. And yeah, please do give me some feedback. You know, um, if you're on Spotify, please just give it a thumbs up, give it five stars. Um, don't forget to subscribe and uh, give some feedback if you want to. We're also available on Instagram. It's Stuff I Don't Know Podcast. It's also the same on threads. So please feel f- please feel free to uh, follow uh, follow the follow the accounts and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also YouTube. We are there too. So make sure you subscribed via your favorite source, and you can be notified when the next episode comes out. So yeah, please do that. All growth is and is welcome. And if you have any comments or feedback, um, get in touch via Instagram or Threads and just let me know what you think. If there's been a a correction or anything you want to make, uh, please let me know. Uh, All feedback is welcome. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the very first episode of Stuff I Don't Know. We'll be back uh, in a fortnight with another topic. Uh, The topic will be about the Fediverse, which is, I know a little bit about the Fediverse, um, but I don't know fully about it. So which is why in next fortnight, I'll be sharing my uh, knowledge after some research about the Fediverse. So again, thank you so much for listening to Stuff I Don't Know. It's been great fun. So again, please leave um, some feedback. I'm happy to read it. And I will see everyone again um, in the next fortnight. Thanks so much for listening and see you again very soon.